Welcome to Success Hackers, cracking the entrepreneurial code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of Success Hackers. This is your host, Scott Hansen. Are you guys fired up today? Today is another one of those days that I'm just jacked up. And uh, before we bring on our esteemed guest, and by the way, Hacker Nation, you're going to want us to take some notes today because uh, this individual is going to be bringing it around how to become a high performer in your business workplace. And before we bring on this individual, a, uh, a coaching client asked me the other day, Scott, how do you stay motivated and jacked up and inspired all the time? And I started laughing and I said, I'm, even though a lot of times it might seem like that, there are days, like actual days when I go through and I'm not motivated. I'm not inspired. And he said, well, what do you do? Because I need to feel more inspired and motivated. I said, here's what I do. Besides meditating, besides reading a good book every night, besides all those things, one of the things that I've recently been doing, I know this sounds kind of sophomoric and obvious, but I'll go on YouTube. I'll spend 20 minutes in the middle of the day. I'll crank up a YouTube video around sales or motivation, around anything that gets you jacked up. And that's what really puts me back in the frame of mind to really go out and crush it. So if you're having a problem around motivation and you don't seem to be inspired sometimes, I'm telling you, check out some YouTube videos, type in motivation on YouTube, uh, uh, sales or leadership or whatever. And I'm sure there's thousands of different videos that you can check out. So that's your coaching tip for the day. Oh, and make sure about halfway through the show, we're going to be bringing on something very, very new and something very special for all you business owners. So you're going to want to make sure that you listen all the way throughout the show. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're going to be talking today to an individual that in the history of the podcast, there has never been an individual that has come on twice. This individual, this is his second time coming on. He was... uh, he had such an impact on our Hacker Nation community before. We're actually bringing this individual on for a second time, and he's going to be talking about coaching and around sales and around leadership and how to be the best performer in your business. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Jason Forrest. Jason, are you ready to rock? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, I, all right. I, I feel jacked up myself. <laughs> well, Jason Forrest is the CEO and Chief Culture Officer at FPG, a company who was named Best Place to Work in Fort Worth, Texas by FW Inc. in 2016 and ranked by Inc. 5000 as one of the nation's fastest growing private companies 2016, is a thought leader and behavioral change expert on a mission to convince everyone he knows that they are enough. He's a sales trainer, management coach, and author of five books, including his latest, Service Certainty. He is chairman of the National Speakers Association's Million Dollar Speakers Group and has been awarded Training Magazine's Top Young Trainer in addition to winning a Gold Stevie Award for Sales Training Leader of the Year. He incorporates experiential learning to increase profit, implement cultural accountability, and transform companies into high-performance organizations by unleashing their human performance. Jason, welcome back to Success Hackers. It's great to have you back on the show. Awesome. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And we actually have a cool announcement. There's um, We're going to make some adjustments to the, the bio, it looks like. So there's actually two new announcements 
Uh, we just won Inc. Magazine, one of the best places to work in the country, which mm. we're very excited about that. And um, we just won that. And we just released a book last week called WTF, Why Training Fails. And the book is about, um, it, it talks about, the, we spend about $164 billion a year annually in training, yet 70% fail to reach the ROI, and the book explains why. So mm. that book actually just just came out, WTF, Why Training Fails. I love it. And uh, will we have a link for the Hacker Nation individuals to get that book? Yes, we'll definitely give you that, definitely give you that link. Great. So uh, talk to us, first of all, well, congratulations on that, man. That is, uh, that is huge. How do you actually get chosen? I mean, I've always wondered, how do you get chosen to be one of Inc. 5000 or Inc. Magazine's best place to work for? How do you actually get rated and how does it work? Yeah, so you have to submit for it. I mean, like anything, you have to, you have to, you know, you're not going to, not going to ever achieve anything unless you actually go for it. So, yeah. uh, so for, first you got to submit for it. And, and then what happens is they, they, they send um, anonymous surveys to all of your employees, hmm. and then based upon how the you know the rankings come out and the survey rankings come out compared to you know the other people that submit, I think there was like five thousand um, ish companies that submitted for this, and and uh, basically they they you know it's the top five hundred um, actually make the list as far as one of the best places to work. So we made uh, we made that that group. So it's all de- it all depends on how your people feel. So it's just all anonymous and. Your job is to do that. Now, it's, I tell everyone that if you, if, if you want to build a bigger empire and a bigger company and you want to drive more profitability, I, I think going for those best place to work surveys are awesome because, you know, one, it helps out with recruiting. I mean, we just did a career night the other night to, uh, to hire a, a new marketing integrator person. And, and uh, for one position, we had over 30 people apply. Hmm. And so, I mean, those, those kind of awards really help you from a recruiting perspective to hire better talent because they want to be a part of that. But then also it gets you, it gives you great feedback. So again, if you want to create a high performance organization, you know, they give you the feedback. It's, it says exactly like how you rated and where you fall short and where you excelled and what your strengths are. Like FPG, for example, our most used word at FPG based on the survey was fun, which I thought was pretty cool considering we are in a very intense organization. We're a high performing organization with high accountability in our organization, but the most used word is fun by our employees. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I highly recommend that people start doing those surveys. They're very affordable, but it gives you just so much feedback. Yeah, that is awesome. But along the same lines, how do you create a fun winning culture? Because I know that there's a lot of people listening right now that are business owners, that are leaders, etc. And they're saying, man, I would love to create an environment where people are not only making money, but they're also having fun. They're also driving driving revenue, etc. Maybe I know, we can talk about this probably for hours, but maybe what's one thing that you've incorporated as the, the leader, as the CEO uh, to incorporate into into your business so that there is a great culture and, and it's fun to work for, but also people are making money. What, what, did, what did you actually do to create that and how did you do that? Sure. I mean, the most important thing is that that the that you, you convince everyone they're enough. I mean, that's our you know, vision statement is to convince everyone that they're enough. And so we want everyone to believe they're capable, that they're enough. But we also want people to believe their effort makes a difference. The, the, based on all the research out there, when it comes to the most profitable, most productive, best place to work in organizations, every individual believes their effort makes a difference. That is the single most important factor. If you were to do anything, that would be the thing that you'd want to do. And that, that's, that's, your, that's your, your lowest level admin that she believes that what she does makes a difference. And, and, and so we're constantly affirming that we're validating that. So we have a thing we do every Friday 
uh, that's called I'm Freaking Awesome Happy Hour. And it's where every employee at four o'clock, it's a required meeting. So it's not a volunteer thing. It's required meeting like anything else. Uh, they have to come to happy hour and they go to this. We Everyone goes around and they validate someone else. So they validate, you know, validate what someone else is doing that's making a difference, that's moving towards our goal, towards our vision, towards our mission, towards our strategy. So they're validating that. And then they affirm themselves. And the way they affirm it is they say, I'm freaking awesome this week because I did blank that caused blank and the effect was blank. Hmm. So I'm freaking awesome because I did blank that caused blank and the effect was blank. It's really interesting, too, because when I first rolled it out, I had a couple people that Jason, I don't like to brag about myself, and I'm really uncomfortable with this exercise. And I'm thinking, how is this? Po- how is like the one thing right. that you should be comfortable with is not this. Like, there's a right. lot of things I need to do. This is not the one thing you don't want to do. And I, and I ended up exploring it, and it's because their programming was told to not brag. Their That's programming right. was told to not share their accomplishments. But all the research says highly efficacious, highly self worth, highly competent individuals have no problem sharing what they do. Now, below the line people that have lots of insecurity and lack of self-worth, you know, they, they have a hard time because they don't believe they're enough. Now, of course, if people are doing it in a competitive, below-the-line way, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about the great Marian Williamson quote, you know, that I love and live my life by. And, and that is, you know, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is we're powerful beyond measure. Mm-hmm. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And who am I to say, my gorgeous, talented, fabulous, you know, actually, who are you not to be? You know, you're playing small does not serve the world. You know, it's it's when you unleash yourself, when you when you when you bring your light to the world is what strengthens other people. It's what empowers other people. Yeah, and I I, I so love how you bring this uh, this leadership to the workplace, and obviously it's it's obviously working out in so many ways. And I'll have people ask me, owners of businesses, saying, Scott, how do I create a culture? It seems like if I'm too nice then I seem to get taken advantage of. If I'm too angry or too tell, 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 well, then people kind of shy, they shy away and they, they can't be the best version of themselves. So I have to be this leader. So I have to be telling people what to do and I have to know everything. But how do I balance everything that you talked about? And I love the way you put it because it does give people, the it empowers people to, to play bigger, to think bigger, to think differently and have a different perspective about themselves. So I would imagine when they walk into your place of business, when their place of business is, there's an ownership factor. They own with, I mean, not, they're not the owner, but they have ownership of themselves. They have ownership of what they're trying to accomplish. And because you, who spearheads this whole thing, you're the leader that probably does make sure that everybody is doing what they need to do. But then there's that there's that happy hour. There's that balance that people feel bought into. That's what I'm hearing. Thank you. Thank you. And, and look, and a very simple thing that you can do that's that is uh, a really really easy tweak to answer that question is is I, I go in all the time and I say, show me what you're working on that's cool today. Show me what you're working on that's cool today. And that's very different than you know I've had leadership in the past that I've hired and ended up firing very quickly because they would go they would go into my you know employee staff and they would say, show me what's broken today. Yeah. You know, show me what's wrong today. And it was this look and whatever, you know, wherever we focus, we get more energy. Right. So, you know, and so I, I just I, I, I create an environment where show me what you're working on. Show me what's cool. Show me what you're doing to change the world. Show me what you're doing. That's, you know, that you can surprise and delight me. And so, you know, they do. They constantly are like coming up with creative new ideas. And, you know, we, we do a lot of other things, too. We've we got a, you know, a weekly Monday mission meeting. We've got daily huddles. Uh, we have quarterly reviews. We have monthly reviews. You know, all of my employees are coached 
Um, you know, at least they have to be in, uh, coaching or training at least five hours a week. They have to be in coaching or training. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, coaching and training and accountability. And, and look, you got to be firm but fair. And, you know, a great example of this is I'm kind of going old school here. But uh, remember back in like the original, um, in the original American Idol when you had like uh, Paul Abdul and yeah. Simon Cowell, remember those days? Sure. And, and uh, you know, so here's the balance I always tell people, and this is actually in my book, Leadership Coaching, and as I talk about, you got to find the balance between grit and grace. So you can't be Simon Cowell. You know, I mean, what's funny is Simon Cowell is actually more effective than Paul Abdul, right? Because Simon Cowell, I mean, he flat out just tells you like it is, but you know, he'll burn people out. I mean, you, he's, he's the one that actually is probably the most right, uh, but he's just, he's so grit, he's so harsh that he just leads by fear, and it's just, it's tough for most people to handle. On the flip side, you can't be Paul Abdul. Paul Abdul, I mean, the person would go out there and totally miss the note and just be a horrible singer. And she would say, you were great. You were beautiful. Great job on doing that. You know, you have great shoes. Right. It's like, look, their job as, as judges is to give them advice so they don't get voted off the island. So they get pushed forward to the next round. Simon Cowell did that but feared the crap out of them. Paul Abdul told them they were great and didn't give them any advice or coaching. So you know, I tell people you got to balance between Simon Cowell and Paul Abdul. You have to kind of find that 50-50 split. And that's the hardest thing to do because we've had a lot of individuals on here that are high performers like yourself. And, and that's the, the, the billion dollar point. How do you find the, the balance between, between both of those things that you talked about, right? Grit and grace. So how do you find the balance of, you got to be someone that kind of cracks the whip a little bit. You got to get people moving in the right direction. You got to continue to, to, uh, to, to, you know, to make awards, to hit new revenue goals, to whatever it is impact that you want to make as a business. But yet, yet, it can't be based only on fear. It has to be based on other things like you've done. So it sounds like you've done a great job melding all those things together. Is it something that you've had coaching around or is it just kind of something you instinctively said, hey, you know what, if I want, if we want this company to be the way we want it to be, these are the things we need to put into place. No, I know. I'm, a, I'm an obsessed coach. I'm a coachable coach, meaning that I can't live by integrity and say, you know, I believe in coaching. I believe in personal development. I believe in, you know, all of my employees have five hours of training per week and I don't, I don't do that. So I, I out, you know, of course I hire outsourced coaches to work on my biggest area of weakness. If it's finance, if it's leadership, if it's culture, if it's, you know, what, whatever my area of weakness is, I find those executive coaches, find those consultants and I personally invest money on a monthly basis and have, you know, blocked time. Like right now, uh, right now I'm working on getting my master practitioner in NLP, neural logistic programming. And I spend, you know, I spend an hour a week with her, um, for the last two years working on that certification and working on my, my, uh, my skills in that. And then I, and then I, I have to attend about 10 different weekends to finally get that certification. So now, I mean, I'm all about, you know, you got to constantly grow yourself in order to have the ability to grow other people. You know, a big part of what I do as you know, Jason, as a business strategist, is working with people's behavior. Um, you once said, I think I read somewhere, in order to change behavior, you must change perspective. Tell us what you meant by that. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, there's a great quote by Wayne Dyer that's the main quote in our office when you walk down our hall, hallway, hall of virtues, as we call it. And it says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that really applies to everything. I mean, when you change the way you look at behavior, behavior change. When you change the way you look at training, you know, training, training changes. When you change the way you look at objections or sales or leadership or parenting or anything. I mean, it all change, it's all about perspective. And again, I'm going to go back to another Marianne Williamson quote. I can't believe I'm quoting her twice in this, in this, in this podcast. But <laughs> there's a great book that she uh, read that she wrote called Return to Love. And it's her interpretation of this book called The Course of Miracles. 
But she says, which is a genius concept, she says that that people can have unlimited miracles. You know, people are always asking, you know, for a miracle. They're saying, man, I wish the weather would be better. Man, I wish the economy. Man, I wish I would get more urgent buyers and more customers. Or man, I would get this, my, my boss off my back or my wife off my back. Or, you know, man, I wish whatever their thing is, they're asking for a miracle. But she would say, look, a miracle by definition is changing your belief system. It's changing your perspective. And if you can change your perspective in a situation, you can have endless miracles because you can't change. You can't pray for the circumstance to be better, but you can absolutely pray for you to see things differently. Well, let me and stop I, you there. Let me stop you there because you, you and, and Hacker Nation, I, I really want you to be kind of whether you're taking notes or paying attention to what, what Jason's sharing. You can obviously hear that he's been he's been uh, he's been in and around personal development and coaching and training for years. You can just hear the way he the way he speaks, the way he comes across, the way he, his mindset is. It's very evident. But someone, and, and I understand what you're saying about perspective, and all you have to do is change someone's perspective and the way you look at life is the way life looks back at you, et cetera, et cetera. I get that, and it makes a lot of sense because I've read the same books, and I'm 100% belief in all that. But someone right now is listening saying, all right, you know what? I get that, but I will for maybe a week or two, I'll meditate. I'll read a good book and it's kind of like stretching the rubber band, right? And I'll stretch and stretch and stretch and I'm learning and I'm growing and all of a sudden something happens and I bounce back or I go back to the way I was, the way, way I was looking at life or the way I was looking at business, the way I was looking at sales or training or whatever. What would you say to that person that's stretching that rubber band that is almost about ready to snap back to their old self playing small, how do they keep from playing small and keep growing? That's perfect. Well, what I would say in that situation is they actually haven't actually changed is that they're trying to change their perspective by doing it as a have to motivation versus a want to. So they really haven't changed their beliefs yet. It was more of a something they were practicing or an idea they were doing. But I mean, here's the thing. We can't do anything inconsistent with what we believe. People have identities. And so like, like you know, one of the things that, that I do, I call it the minimum effective dose to coaching that I teach all of our clients to do when it comes to enterprise organizations is you always need to figure out what is the positive intention of a certain behavior? What is their positive intention? So I mean, the majority, I mean, people, and this is a kind of a crazy thing to understand, but, uh, but I know this, this team can get it here is that people don't do anything that actually hurts them. So every behavior that a person does, they have a positive intention by doing it. They actually believe that it's the right thing to do. So let's take an example. So a lot of times I work with people and they go, well, Jason, that's not true. I mean, I, I got salespeople right now that, you know, they just don't want to do paperwork. And I go, great. Well, so what do you think about them right now? They're just lazy. They're just, can't be some people just be lazy? And I go, no. What's the positive intention of being lazy? The positive intention of being lazy is that they just want to do more of the things they want to do. That's awesome. They don't, they don't like paperwork. They just want to do more of what they want to do. And you go, okay, what does that salesperson want to do more of? Well, they want to sell more. They want to talk to more customers. You know, they want to make more money. Great. Is that positive? Is that what you want them to do? Yes. I want them to do all those things. But how do I get the new paperwork? Well, right now you have to change their perspective because their positive intention is to sell more. But right now, if they're having paperwork issues where they're having to constantly get customers to come back and fill stuff out, well, that's actually hurting their positive intention of selling more because instead of getting it done in an hour, they have to get it done over three visits and it takes three months, you know, and they're causing the customer to have uncertainty and doubt and fear because they're not owning the process and owning the situation. So if they want to spend more time with customers, which is their positive intention, and sell more, then they have to realize that their current strategy, their current process pattern and strategy is not going to get them to their outcome of their positive intention. 
And so what do you do? You help them realize their positive intention. You help them agree with their positive intention. You say, look, I agree with that. I think I want you to sell more too. So do I have, you know, can I have permission to share with you a way to sell more um, and also see, see the idea of paperwork differently? You know, would you be willing to hear my philosophy on that? Yeah, I'd be willing to hear philosophy. Okay. Well, let's talk about right now all the things that, you know, all the time it's taking you to follow up and the uncertainty you're causing the customer. And you're basically just helping them change their perspective on it. And, and once they, they see it, they see it. And they, it's almost like this kind of aha moment where it just hits them straight in the face. And they go, wow, you're right. Like, I've, I just, I never thought of it that way. You know, I've never thought of it that way. You're right. I do spend more time than I should following the paperwork. If I just got it right the first time, I would have more time. I could sell more. And you're right. I can't believe I've done it this way up to this moment. And you're right. From this day forward, I will never do that again. Mm. So, so that's changing their perspective. Once I change their perspective and I help them realize that their current strategy is not in line with their belief system, their highest value, I can change anything. I mean, it's, that's, people do not do anything that's inconsistent with their positive intentions and their highest value. It's just, unfortunately, sometimes their strategy is not getting them to their positive intention. They just don't realize that. So a coach comes in and helps them see that. I love it. Speaking of coaching, you talk about sales managers make their people's lives easier, yet sales coaches make their people better. And I'm assuming it's based around everything we've been talking about, but uh, can you break that down a little bit further for us? Yeah. So, so really, I mean, I, you know, I, I try to do my best to program all this stuff for my children as well. And you know, we have, uh, I call it daddy's programming time because our programming is what we've been told to be true that drives our beliefs. It's what we think to be true, which drives our emotions, which is how we feel, which drives our motivation, which is why we do, which drives our behavior, which is what we do. And of course, drives our results, which is what we get. And so I want to always start with the programming stuff that you know, you're not going to learn in school. And so, you know, one of the daddy, I call it daddy's programming time. And one of the things I teach them is I'll say, kids, would you like, would you like for things to be easier today? Or would you like for you to be better? <laughs> and they'll say better dad. And I'll say, why? And they'll say, because asking for things to be easier is a fool's choice. And I'll say, why don't you be a fool? And they'll say, because, because a fool only wins, some, wins, wins sometimes, and we want to win most of the time. And, and, and I just use that as an example that, you know, I mean, that's what, I mean, look, great parenting is the same as great coaching and teaching. It's about, look, I got to help people realize that they are the problem and they're also the solution. And if I can help them focus more on growing themselves to be better and their processes, their belief systems, their pitch, their presentation, their attitude, so I can help them grow to rise above the circumstance, then, then they'll be successful regardless of market condition. But if all I ever do is swoop in every time as the hero and they're the victim and I swoop in and I save the day and I lower their price or I talk to the customer for them or I get them out of a jam, then, I, I, they're not, then I'm, not, I'm, I'm enabling them to not become the creator of their life. You know, and so you know, I just think managers make people's lives easier by adjusting circumstances and, and coaches make people better, you know, and, and that's, it's just something I really, really, really believe to be true. Um, and again, in, in our, in our, in our world right now, we don't have a, um, a, a, a labor shortage. We have a consciousness shortage. I mean, again, I had 30 something people sign up for one job interview, one job. And, and, um, and we didn't find one person out of the 30 that had the consciousness to handle our company and what we require of them. So that's, I mean, that's, so I'm just all about, we got to, we got to change the consciousness and our education systems are not doing that. And right now we're all about, you know, trying to, trying to fix things and make things easier for people versus again, show people how to be better. In your own business, what's uh, what's a problem that you're trying to solve or maybe a nut you're trying to crack? 
Oh gosh, that's a great that's a great question. You know, I think I would say just I would say when when with every growth change that we endeavor, what we realize is that the recipe that got us to where we are today doesn't work anymore. And I would say the biggest thing that we have to be aware of and go through the cycle of is when we when we go, you know, when we grow 50%, we've grown, you know, 50% the last couple of years in a row and being qualified and and when you do that, the rules change. I mean, the game changes. And, you know, you have to be able to be, you know, be capable of changing with it and not say, you know, but I'm so addicted to the way that I did, you know, did what worked up to this moment. And, and I get it. But you got to decide if you want to go to the next level and you got to change your beliefs. You got to change your identity. I mean, that's the hardest thing for people to do as leaders. I mean, the, you know, the, and I just did this big Unleashed Business Conference with uh, a bunch of about 44 different companies and um, and, and different industries and so forth. And, and that was the biggest thing I was telling them. I said, right now, you know, if you want to scale your company in 10 times the company's growth right now, you have an identity issue, not a strategy issue because the strategy is easy. It's your identity is the problem because right now you identify yourself as, you know, a built a home builder, or you identify yourself as a great finance guy or a great accounting guy or a great, you know, whatever, like that's your identity. But you can't you can't do that. You have to change your identity to I am now a business artist who happens to own a blank business. And once you change your identity, to I'm a business artist. Well, now you're looking on the business. Now you're working on the business. Now your business kind of becomes this client of yours versus you being in the business as an operator. And that's a very different shift. But again, you got to. You got to become addicted to a new identity. I love that. Addicted to a new identity, which actually, which actually brings us to the next segment of the show, which, as you know, from being a guest previously, called the Success Hacks. So, as you know, Jason, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to really help grow themselves and their business. You just talked about basically thinking differently, having a different perspective and a different identity in order to to become something different than what you've been doing over the last several years, like exactly what you mentioned in your own business. We have to take on a different identity. We have to stretch the box. We have to be thinking differently from a different perspective. So what's one success hack that you can share along these same lines that could maybe, if someone's listening right now, to say, you know what? Maybe I'm at a half a million dollars in business, or maybe I'm at a million dollars, but I really want to get to that two, three, and four million dollar mark what do I need to do? You're mentioning, you know what, maybe it's a little strategy, maybe it's a little tactic, but it's mostly 30,000 foot view. It's more creating a different identity. So what's one success hack that someone can can really adhere to to create a new identity? That's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, in order to do that, I would say, what is the identity they need to have? And again, I think if you want to 10 times your business, your identity needs to be, I'm a business artist who happens to do uh, blank. I, I also think you need to recognize what your current identity is. So, you know, you got to, you know, identities are just basically I am statements. So if you say I am this, that's your identity. Right. And we say that in our other parts of our life, right? I'm a dad, I'm a mom, I'm right. a, you know, whatever it is. And so, but those identities are very, you know, uh, we'd be very careful with those, those identities. And so I would, I would look at what is their current identity. And then I would say, okay, I would go through what I would call the six human needs psychology. And so that's one of my certifications is an addiction psychology and we're always addicted to things because three or more of the six human needs are being met with something, some vehicle, some concept, or in this case, an identity. And so if you look at it and you go, okay, my, my current identity is blank. Well, how does that give me certainty? That's the first of the six human needs. How does it make me feel safe, feel secure? Well, I know what to do. I'm, of course, I'm going to feel safe. Next one is, 
variety? How does it give me fun? You know, how do I have fun with my new, with my current identity? And then of course, significance, how does it make me feel special? Well, it makes you feel special because you, you know, you know how to do it and you're always good at it and you're always great at it. And everyone comes to you to, to do it. Um, how does it give me connection? You know, well, people like me to do it. They, they, they know I can do it. They can depend on me. And then growth, how is it helping me grow? And then connection and then contribution, how is it helping make a difference? So one, you would identify how is your, your, your current identity, you know, affecting your six human needs and then what you would do is you would say, okay, well, my new identity is blank. So in this case, it's a business artist that happens to do blank. Or you could be going from a salesperson to sales coach. You know, that could be your identity. Or you could go from a, you know, a, a VP of sales to a division president. I mean, these are all different identity changes. And so you would basically say, okay, now how does the new identity, my new identity is I am a division president. I used to be a VP of sales or a VP of whatever. And you would say, okay, how does that now give me certainty? How does that give me variety? How does that give me significance? How does that give me connection? How does that give me growth? How does that give me contribution? And you have to start strengthening your new identity with your new six human needs addictions. And you have to start weakening your old identity. And the way you strengthen anything is you create affirmations, statements of affirmations of truth. And to weaken something, you create questions that would weaken it. And so you would question your old identity you know, so how is this, how is this old identity holding me back? You know, how is this preventing me from what I want? You know, how can I let go of this? You know, what's going to stop me from letting go of this? And then you would create statements of affirmation on, you know, this new identity gives me certainty in the following ways. It gives me, it lets me have more fun in the following ways. It makes me make a bigger difference in people's lives in the following ways. And so you would just kind of create, create these affirmations constantly on your new identity and you would create questions to weaken your old identity. Absolutely love that. So well put. That is absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for, uh, for sharing that. So Jason, we are now entering the randomness round, but before we do, let's take one quick moment to learn something brand new. Hacker Nation, do you feel stuck in your business or you maybe even hit a plateau? Maybe you're not even sure how to market effectively, drive leads, get new clients or become more productive, or maybe you're just not quite sure how to scale or go big in your business. Then you're absolutely going to love this. It's brand new. It's a free training on how to go from where you're at today to creating and sustaining a seven-figure business. No fluff, no selling, no BS, straight content and teachings on how to scale your business. Oh, and by the way, it's 100% free. So to sign up for this free training, grab your spot today. Go to bigbusinesswebinar.com. That's bigbusinesswebinar.com. That's bigbusinesswebinar.com to grab your free spot. Okay, Jason, we are back and we are about to enter the randomness round. The randomness round is kind of like putting you in the success hackers version of the hot seat. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. Jason Forrest, are you ready for the randomness round? Let's go. I'm in. I feel unleashed. Best advice you've ever received. The best advice I would ever I've ever received would be would be I am the problem, but I'm also the solution. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? I, I work out a lot. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25 year old self? Uh, my yeah, the advice I would probably say is is or let go of of your attachments of things that have to be permanent in life. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? I think just my relentless, unstoppable belief that I can do anything that I choose to do. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? <laughs> I don't think I have any hidden talents. Oh, I, here we go. My, I, I, my hidden talent that most people wouldn't know is I'm a really, really, really good bow hunter. Um, I'm really, really good at, uh, at using a bow. 
What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Yeah, the most recent book I read that I really, really enjoy was called Relentless by Grover. And he was the coach behind Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and just some of the great ones. And, and I would say everyone needs to read that book. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service to Hacker Nation, what would it be? Anything you're using that helps you guys be more efficient or helps oh, yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Here, here's a good one. Okay, so uh, we, use a, we use a site called onlinejobs.ph. Basically, you're going to laugh, but it's, uh, we outsource Filipinos for work. So basically, you, you, one of my philosophies in growing is you want to reassign, delegate, or outsource. And you can hire college graduate Filipinos right now for $2.75 an hour, which seems like nothing, but it's a lot for them in the Philippines. And they're awesome. And we outsource a ton of work for, to them as far as list building and uh, just all kinds of stuff, uh, research, anything that you can think of, but onlinejobs.ph. Jason, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been Yay! absolutely incredible. Thanks again for sharing your time and also these incredible success strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you, your book, or anything else you'd like to share? Definitely. Definitely come to the website. Uh, FPG.com stands for Forest Performance Group, so FPG.com. And again, we have this uh, recent book called WTF, and if they go to the website, they can, of course, sign up for all of our newsletters and information, and they'll get a video series. Uh, we, we have all kinds of free free training series that they could definitely uh, definitely be a part of. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net. That's successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Jason, along with some other really cool brand new resources we have on the site. Oh, listen, when you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe so that you get all these latest and newest episodes. And remember, if you're looking to explode your business this year, make sure to head over to the free training, Big Business Webinar. That's bigbusinesswebinar.com to grab your free spot. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.